You're listening to Speak Out Radio on 106.1 FM, which is Access Radio. Um, hi, I'm one of your co-hosts today. I'm Neo. I use he or they pronouns. And with me, I have... Ashley. Um, I'm she, her pronouns. And yeah, big queer. <laughs> nice, nice. That's what we're all about here at Inside <laughs> Out. <laughs> um, so we are here today to talk a bit about Mental Health Awareness Week, which is coming up. I really should have written down the dates that it is, um, <laughs> but I know it's in September. Um, That's yeah, all we so need to it's, know, really. Exactly, really. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to talk a bit about that, um, and it's going to be very chill, and we're just going to talk about whatever we want to. <laughs> um, so, uh, on the topic of, you know, mental health awareness, because that is what we are here to talk about, um, what do you think, uh, like, the, what's the importance to you of mental health awareness? Um, I just think that it's one of the most important aspects of our everyday life, and um, it's something that I don't think we were taught about. Um, when we were younger, because I don't think our parents were taught about it to the same extent that I think we have awareness about it now. And I think it affects everyone. Um, and if we don't talk about it, we can't help each other. And like as a community, we need to yeah look out for each other and be aware of the impacts that your brain can have on your whole body, which is like a muscle. If you broke your leg, it's the same thing if you're struggling with something else but I think our society because it's like hidden um for a really long time wasn't taking it as seriously as they are starting to starting to now <laughs> yeah it's like there's there's that invisibility to it at times yeah. and I think we should just aim to make it very visible <laughs> um yeah I I agree I think we can't we can't um we can't hmm how to put this we can't deal with it, we can't um, acknowledge it without seeing it, right? Um, yeah. You can't, you can't interact with something that's invisible, right? So I think it's really important to, um, to you know, to make everyone aware that this is something that can happen, this is something that does happen um, to many people. I think the stats of, like, depression are very high, especially now with, you know, yeah. the pandemic. So, um, plus, I think as well, um, it's a fun fact about me, I have the schizophrenia, um, and I think that awareness for a, like, more stigmatized or, um, severe, I guess, would be the term, um, Mm. disorders and things like that is really important because the stigma of these disorders and um like the things that the media says about people with these kind of disorders like DAD and schizophrenia and BPD um is just it really does affect everyone with these um disorders and it affects people who don't as well because like the minute someone 
seems like they might have these things, they are affected by stigma. You don't have to have yeah. these disorders to be affected by the stigma and the prejudices that people hold about them. Yeah, 100%. It's quite scary how you can have um, that type of stigma around a mental illness and then well mental health you should really say it's not necessarily like what do you think about the word illness like does that make you feel good like I don't know how that makes me feel I mean I don't really I guess it's um up person to person isn't it Mm, yeah I wouldn't say there's like one opinion on it um Mm. it's I think that I I'm fine with it personally because I think what I do have uh I prefer no, that's a hard one. I yeah, really because I think some. It. Yeah, ne- I mean neither. And now I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, well, I think you know, it can be super empowering, on one hand, and then maybe if you don't identify with, uh, with it, that's absolutely fine. I think that I mean, for me personally, that has been through a lot of, I don't know, um, anxiety and depression and being on medication and whatnot. Like when you do acknowledge and kind of empower yourself to be like, this is like a mental illness. I think it can make you feel like validated in your own your own things and because yeah like you say it's 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 invisible and then when you you have a diagnosis or you're trying to figure out a diagnosis you know what's the stigma of telling your friends what's the stigma of Mm. you know I don't know you know workplace you know when you're like over in the UK and in New Zealand mainly well when I was applying for jobs and stuff sometimes they would like there'd be questionnaires and stuff is there like anything that you need to know about like your mental health or anything like that that will impact your work life um, and it's like, you know, do you, do you feel like you feel comfortable telling a workplace about it or not? Like, will they treat you differently because of that stigma? Because I yeah, think a I'm, lot of the stigma comes from miseducation. Yeah, I'm of the opinion that they don't need to know about, like, disabilities or anything yeah. until after you've been hired. Um, yeah, I don't, I think it is, like, for Part of me, when I got the diagnosis of schizophrenia, um, it was really nice to have that, like, label. Yeah. Not, not in, like, a bad way, but, like, it, it had community, it had history, it had, um, like, it gave me language to describe my experiences. Um, like, it was a really good feeling to have, like, because it was sort of like, oh, there is something, like, my, this isn't something I'm making up, you know? No, that is such a refreshing feeling, and I think that, um, like, a lot of people go through that and then without um, knowing what it is, I think you can get in a really scary cycle. And I think that, like, New Zealand in general, I, th- I truly believe that we're in a mental health, um, <laughs> a mental health epidemic. Like, I think that after COVID, mm. our resources have been so scarce and we are now at the point where so many people are on waiting lists like my doctor told me you know I was like hey like I'm really not doing too good I just feel really depleted and just quite like numb but sad how that works I'm not sure Mm. and then she was like oh well I think that you should um she was like Okay, well, just make sure you go outside and get some sunlight and then make sure that you um, are eating, like, a good variety of vegetables and then um, make sure that you're sleeping okay. And I was just like, did I just pay a doctor's fee? It was, like, a phone thing as well, and they charged me for a full, like, consultation. 
And I was just like, oh my god, that is horrific, you know, that someone comes to you and is like, hey, I'm not feeling too good, like, I'm actually quite worried about, like, how I'm functioning, and then she was like, yeah, just, you know, you go and just, you do you, and you just um, get some sunlight and eat some good vegetables, and it's like, well, yeah, all I eat is vegetables, like, I'm plant-based, and I eat so many vegetables, (laughs) and that doesn't make a flippin' difference, you know, of course, you, you, like, I mean, I totally believe putting yummy things in your body, whatever they are, whatever's yummy for you and feels good in your body afterwards, um, is so key, but, you know, like, I, I think you could be, you could be eating the best diet in the world, but if you're not addressing what's going on internally, it's not going to fix anything. Absolutely. It's like the, the age old, have you tried yoga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's silly. I think one of the biggest effects of stigma that I've experienced is, um, internalized stigma. Yeah. Um, like, I've had the... Because, I mean, the the stigma and the prejudice around schizophrenia specifically is just horrific. Like, all the the horror movies where the, the villain mm. has schizophrenia and, um, like, media, you know, whenever someone commits a crime, they're always like, oh, maybe they're mentally ill. Um, and I think the, the, the ways that I internalize that has had, a, like, a really negative effect on me. Um, yeah, I can only imagine... <laughs> Yeah, so I think that, like, raising awareness um, around stigma and, like, the the realities rather than the myths of these mental health conditions, um, I think, is can, can have, like, a really good effect, not just on people, um, not just on people without, but people with as well. Mm. No, 100%. And I think that if you have grown up in this kind of um, Western society where you see media about um, people with, um, you know, like bipolar and schizophrenia, everyone's like, it's like, you know, people think that, you know, people think bipolar is BPD, borderline personality disorder, or BPD is bipolar, and, Mm. you know, people are like, oh, wait, do you, like, hallucinate like you do on, like, schizophrenia and all of these kind of massive stereotypes which are really damaging for the people holding these mental illnesses and it's just like it's it's so interesting how things can get so ingrained in a society's view and then we kind of romanticize it in like media and film and stuff and then young people young queer youth or any youth that is kind of looking at you know going to a movie night and watching something like that can it can really I don't know impact them in the not in, in, in a not so good way yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's important to mention as well that often rainbow young people have like higher rates of depression and anxiety. A hundred percent. Yeah, because I just I guess like the the um, intersection of like queer phobia and um, stigma against mental illnesses and mental health conditions is like well, it intersects, it overlaps, it compounds each other. Yeah, and you ask, like, why? Like, why does that happen? Why do we have such high stats of, like, young queer people, like, feeling, you know, especially, like, young trans youth and everything? It's like, why why do they feel like that? It's because they don't have that support. They don't have those um, role models or people that they... They don't see themselves reflected back to them in our society. They don't see... 
you know, that when they go to the movies or, you know, would play their favourite video game or anything like that. It's like our media representation of queer and especially trans youth, well, for trans youth and stuff, and of um, these people, it's just almost non-existent to the point, to like a generalised sense. So, like, it's getting better, but it's not good enough. Mm. And, like, even all of these, like, bills that we've been trying to get passed and the births, deaths, deaths and marriages and the um, conversion therapy bill, you know, it's just like, how is that even in... How is, it, how is anyone even saying that these things shouldn't be passed? I know. It's 2021, you'd think would be. Ugh. It's infuriating. <laughs> and, like, um, yeah. <laughs> and not to mention, like, when, often when in media and, like, movies and TV shows and stuff, when characters are mentally ill, like, you see them, like, like, I off the top of my head I can think of like Ace Ventura Pet Detective where like um what's his like I can't remember it exactly mm. but he's pretending to be I don't know psychotic schizophrenic yeah, yeah. or whatever and he dresses up as like in a feminine way yeah. and so like equating mental illness with being oh trans. 100% and I think you see that in way too many things um it's just I don't know what society's issue is with being yourself. It's yeah. It's just so backwards and it's so it's so damaging. It really is. Yeah. Well, that's so interesting actually. Good thing to talk mm-hmm. about, especially now with all these thingies of gender and queerness and in parliament you know yeah I do want to sorry I do want to mention at some point um like yes awareness is really important but at some point awareness itself isn't enough Mm. like just being aware isn't Mm. enough to help people right like um to to go along with awareness, I think we need more, like, psychiatrists and therapists trained. Mm. I think we need um, higher capacities in our mental health systems. We need better housing. We need better pay. We need um, reduced rent. Like, all of these things factor into mental health, right? We know that they do. Yeah. Um, we know that they have a really big effect. So I think awareness isn't enough. We need to actually reform these systems and make people not living in extreme poverty and not able to not access mental health. Yeah, we do, We just need, I mean, especially, you know, for this country, I think that, you know, our indigenous peoples are, like, struggling and especially, you know, mana whenua, like queer mana whenua, trans mana whenua and all this stuff. And you, you can see... It in everyday life, the lack of support for them and the lack of support for just anyone in poverty, it's just, like, it's not working what we're doing right now, like, what the government has kind mm-hmm. of, like, set up and done. And I think, obviously, that's just a, a queer... A, a queer... <laughs> that is a clear <laughs> example of, like, colonialism and um, capitalism mm-hmm. and just trying to, you know, 
gain, 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 where you're not looking at the land, you're not looking at these people that have been here forever that were doing life and living in a sustainable, beautiful, like, in their traditional ways. And now we mm-hmm. are hit with the epidemic of all of these um, young humans and queer humans struggling in this way of, like, yeah, does that make sense? I feel like I'm trying to talk, but it it's does. just hard. But, um, oh yeah, I, c- c- conclusion. I completely agree. I think that just being aware of these issues for, you know, rainbow youth struggling, okay, great. Like, most people are, well, I hope most people are aware of that. It's like, okay, then what's the next step? Like, how do we, em- how yeah. do we empower the right people and the right um system to um help you know how do we how do we engage our collect collective mind to just kind of like make (laughs) things a whole lot better absolutely yeah yeah for sure um yeah, that was that was all the guiding prompts I had. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I think maybe I, for obviously for anyone listening, like if you, if it, it, I think right now is a really difficult time, and I think that if you go to your doctor right now, or you reach out to Picky, or you are going through the Women's Health Collective or, you know, you're doing these things where you're trying to access counselling that's affordable um, and everything. Like, I feel for you so much and it is not easy. And um, I think it's a really interesting, complex time to reach out because of what all the medical professionals have been saying about their backlogged back to, like... I mean, when I was trying to see someone to talk to, because I was going through a really, like, dark period in my life and my parents were um, away um, sailing around New Zealand, um, (laughs) being sea dogs, Um, and I just didn't really feel like I had anyone or anywhere to go and I just needed to talk to someone, but it was, like, probably... I mean, at least like a four-month waiting list, and that's like, what what do you do in that four months? Like, what what? How do you get through? You know, okay, I've got to get up and sit in the sun and eat good vegetables. Um, uh, <laughs> Especially because, um, like when you actually reach out for help, that's like when that's like already when you're in crisis. Yeah. Right? Well, not crisis, but you're already in distress. Yeah. Like once you realize you need help, it's it's still. I mean, you need it. Immediately, yeah, a hundred percent, and I think that it's um, it's so crucial to talk about, and I think that honestly, like I can, I have heard too many of my friends say this, like when they go and talk to their parents, that obviously are in the generation above about mental health, that a lot of parents can be very patronizing and can be like, it'll get better, mm-hmm. and you just got to do this, and you just got to do that, but it's like you. Like, I feel like a lot of people just don't understand the importance of having the um, accessibility to... Does that make English? Having the ability to access a therapist or a counsellor or peer support. Mm. And, you know, Picky's doing that right now, um, peer support. So if anyone really needs to, like, contact anyone and 
there and waits to see a um, therapist or a counsellor. This is like, you know, a really good way to um, have support from peers that are like trained, um, really highly skilled, Mm. maybe didn't fully finish their like counsellor's degree or that just have a lot of life experience um, and you need someone to talk to. That's a really good um, avenue to go down. But it's mm. just, yeah, so, like, I mean, it's, like, what, $250 for some sessions if you want to get, like, CBT mm. therapy, cognitive, what is it, cognitive mm. brain? Behavior. Behavior. <laughs> I was about to say cognitive <laughs> brain therapy, yes. And it's just, at, like, you know, this it's, it's like elitism. It's, like, if you have the money, then, you know, you or your parents can send you to these places. And if you don't have the money, then that's that. You know? Yeah. That reminds me of um once I was like in pretty severe distress and I texted um was it one seven three seven? Yeah. And um they took a while to respond and when they did they sent me a recipe for healthy dip. What? They were like, Here is a recipe for healthy dip. What does that have to do with bloody and- anything? I know, I was so baffled by this dip recipe that I actually was, like, kind of feeling better. So I guess it worked, but, like... <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that was really strange, and it popped up on my Facebook memories um, the other day. Yeah. That is really... That is so silly. I, um... Yeah, I don't know. It's just definitely, like, it's a really weird time to be... To be, um... Feeling feeling anything or having any diagnosis just because of the climate we're in and also like you know Auckland like Tamaki is in a massive lockdown and that can just I can imagine how hard that would be and especially for people that are not in comfy situations or with an abusive partner or having to be surrounded by domestic violence or just having um, a not so nice home environment and or not having a home at all. And I think that can just mm. only be impacting our society in a negative way, in concerns to, like, mental health. Obviously, you know, it's am- amazing to eliminate eliminate the virus. But, of course, that doesn't mean that our minds are going to be, th- like, flourishing. Um, welcome back. We had some small technical issues, um, but here we go. <laughs> Um, Do you what? recall what you were saying, Ashley? Uh, I was talking about... Do you remember? Um, oh, gosh. Oh, I should have looked it up. Uh, I mean, I can look it up. I think I, I was talking... I think I think I was talking about how... Um, how... If you need peer support, Picky's really good. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about how the impacts on right now with the epidemic and coronavirus. Yeah, just Mm -hmm. kind of how if you're feeling, um, you know, not the best if you're in Tamaki and everything and the circumstances of this worldwide um, virus, I think it's probably played on a lot of people's minds. And Mm -hmm. it's also kind of, for me personally, I feel like it's especially hard for a lot of people in Tāmaki that are... um, that are seeing the rest of the world on like social media continue to do their thing, and over in Europe, yeah. everyone's at festivals and stuff, and, it, and especially seeing then you know your friends in Wellington or your whānau in Wellington, and 
I think it would be a really difficult time. Whereas the first lockdown, you know, we kind of were, we were all in it together. And I yeah. can just, I can imagine that's the icing on the cake for a lot of people that are already feeling, um, you know, not the best. Mm. Yeah. I will, um, I'll include some links or some resources of mm. places to get help in the description of this episode. So check that out if you're feeling distressed. Um, I want to mention real quick that it is Tawiki o Tereo Māori, which is really exciting. Um, when this episode comes out, it is <clears throat> still Tawiki o Tereo Māori. Um, and it is also um, the bigger event of Mahuru Māori. Um, so, you know, um, practice some Tereo, learn some new words, um, try out some some words that you already know. I've been learning some new ways to greet and sign off my emails and ta um, which is really good and it makes me feel good because, you know, connecting to my whakapapa. Um, mm. But it's also really important to acknowledge that um, you, sh like, ta is, you can speak it all year round. It doesn't have to be to wiki or te Māori or mahuru Māori to I... speak it. Mm. Um, <laughs> and um, it's always a good time to learn and actually I think Tereo is coming to Duolingo um, sometime this year. <gasps> no way, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. That's very exciting, so I'm definitely going to work through that. Um, yeah, and like Tewikio Tereo Māori has some really good resources. They have a fun Kahoot quiz, um, which was good. And I remember I we were doing the Kahoot quiz for work and I got screwed on a question because I've been learning um, Tereo in, in the southern dialect. Oh. And I forgot that I had learned it in that dialect, so then I got a question wrong. But that's okay. Oh. Um, so yeah, it's always a good time to learn some Tadao and to use some Tadao. Um, mm. Yeah, and um, thank you everyone for listening, and of course thank you Ashley for chatting with me. Mm. No worries. I um, actually saw this little video going around social media t t uh, teaching you how to get all of your autocorrect spelling with keywords that you're right so like if you're saying oh I'm, I'm gonna walk to you and then replacing it with hekoi and then um it will just auto correct for you because the phone looks at um at like a spelling mistake which it should be Ooh. this month so it's a um if you see that floating around check it out um how you can replace a lot of your english words with today awesome very good keep listening for some more korero on um, Bisexuality Awareness Week, which is in September as well. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. Um, ka kite. What are you doing Friday? Wanna help my world collide? Let's make a bow with all cut ties. Do you want his number? Or shall I be the one to call? I haven't seen him much at all. It could be weird, but I think I'm into it. You know I'm one for the overly passionate. I like you and I like Tim. We could all be the best kind of friends. You said you're into closure. Shake hands like you're supposed to. I'll be in the middle where you two get along. You've got so much in common. Talk about your taste in women. Hi, 
say hello. Uh, you are listening to Speak Out. Uh, my name is Imlin. I use they, them, or he, him pronouns. And uh, with me, I have. Hi, I'm Lucy. I use she, her, or they, them pronouns. And today, we are talking about Bioawareness Week because it is Bioawareness Week. <laughs> Hell yeah, it is. What a coincidence. We're actually on time for something, which is good. <laughs> Hey, don't get too ahead of yourself. You never know when we're actually going to put this episode out. That is a good point. I take it back. (laughs) You're getting it when you're getting it, and you're listening to it now, so yes, it is at a topical time. (laughs) If you are listening to it, it is Bioawareness Week. Even if it's not legally Bioawareness Week, it is now legally Bioawareness Week. Are, like, world events legal things? They are now. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. Sweet. (laughs) So, uh, do we want to do a little, I mean, the people listening to us probably know what being bi is, but just in case you are new to Earth and uh, have no idea what the heck we're talking about, uh, bisexuality is when you are attracted to uh, more than one gender. Uh, I'm a bi myself. Well, really? Same. Do you think that's why we're doing <laughs> wow. the Bioawareness Week episode? Because we're bi? Ooh, that's... That's probably that's probably a good call on that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a vague list of things that we want to talk about, but we'll see if we get to them all. Uh, to start with, uh, we'll start with the easy one. How did you figure out that you were bi? That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> somewhat, somewhat. Uh, I mean, you know. <laughs> um, I I think I went through a journey. I mean, I think everyone goes through a journey, especially because bisexuality is like, you know, one of those things that until you think about it, it doesn't occur to you that that can be something for you. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, for me, I think I was, I was in a relationship with a, with a guy who was, up until he met me, identifying as gay. Um, right. We'd started dating and I was like, oh, people can be gay. And then I started being like, <laughs> so being like, oh, I kind of like a woman, but I've got a boyfriend. Hmm. So I must not like woman. Um, and then I kind of realized, wait a second, but my boyfriend likes men and me. So it was kind of this realization of somebody else being bi that made me be like, oh yeah, no, you are allowed to do that. You are, you are allowed to like more than one gender. And so... That's what I did. I decided. I made the decision. It was a choice. <laughs> Sometimes it is. No, I, uh, yeah. like for me, inter- like I originally when I came out, I came out pretty young uh, because I had uh, like three of my uncles are gay. Uh, you know, I had uh, rainbow people within my family, so uh, it wasn't too big a deal. So I came out at like twelve, I think, um, oh, wow. and I didn't really use words for it. I just was like. Hi, I like girls too. My parents were like, yeah, cool. And just kept eating. I came out at dinner time and they, they like did not react, which was funny. Um, but I originally, uh, when I settled on a label, I originally used pansexuality um, as a label. And then later uh, revisited it and was like, actually, I'm not really vibing with this right now. I'm feeling bisexuality kind of fits me a little bit better um, for a multitude of reasons. Uh for me, like how I view bisexuality versus pansexuality, it's like bisexuality is attracted to more than one gender, but uh, you can have kind of different levels of attraction with yeah. each 
gender. Absolutely. Like for me, I'm more attracted to men than I am to women, but I still am attracted to women and I'm also attracted to non-binary people. Um, but I'm majority attracted to men. Uh, whereas with pansexuality, I feel like it's kind of gender isn't really a factor in whether you're attracted to someone. It's, you know. Yeah, it's, it's about the person. Yeah, I definitely feel like... Uh, with bisexuality you can can, maybe not categorize but you can you can sense your attractions being different as opposed to being you know this like this attraction feeling of attraction is kind of being attracted to something more than that I don't know (laughs) I'm trying to put it into words (laughs) (laughs) no I guess yeah yeah it's kind of like you know there can be different levels of attraction or different like types of attraction for different genders that's that's how I see it yeah Um, you know how I am in a relationship with a guy will be different to how I am in a relationship with a girl because just that's just how (laughs) my brain works apparently also the flag is nicer (laughs) we have a very nice flag I do really love the bisexual flag, and I also love that because because it, the flag is what it is. Um, the the whole like bisexual lighting thing in movies means that so many things are just inherently bi because people like lighting with reds and blues, and it's just naturally mm-hmm. becomes bise- the bisexual colors. And I'm like, that's bi. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no, I I am a big fan of that as well. It's just it's just a really aesthetically pleasing color palette. I mean, you the the uh, the listeners can't see this, but I have a bi flag behind me in the background <laughs> my video call at the moment. So, Very important uh, content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's represented. It's all the way from uh, Barcelona, which is fun. Fancy. <laughs> yes, bye, bye from Barcelona. Anyway, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's kind of like my journey with bisexuality in terms of like discovering it. Um, although my idea of my own sexuality and being bi has changed over the years, like with regards to my gender identity um because i came out as non-binary at 14 uh so a couple of years after i came out as bi um and then very recently i've kind of decided to or come to the realization that i'm a bit more male leaning in terms of uh still non-binary but more kind of trans masculine uh and that's kind of shaped how i view my identity a little bit as well um because like I'm not sure if this is a universal thing, but for me at least, I always felt a little bit awkward about identifying as bi kind of publicly because I appear quite femme. Uh, you know, I in terms of the way I dress, you know, I like to wear makeup, I like dresses and stuff. I like feminine things. So I always kind of felt like, mm, am I actually just straight and being <laughs> like funky about it? Um, like, I know that I'm not, but I thought that that was possibly the reaction that I would get um now that I'm identifying as more male leaning I feel a little more comfortable with it in like a but also like kind of weird about it in a different way if that (laughs) makes sense yeah no I definitely get it I feel like the intersection of gender and sexuality is something that kind of like informs the different ways you feel like you feel as well you're like there is this it is intertwined you know like I definitely feel like my attraction to men and with within my like genderqueer gender non-conforming identity is is more of a like masculine attraction but my attraction to women is kind of a bit more sapphic and that's kind mm-hmm. of 
it's a very interesting intersection I think and I think it's the way you identify personally definitely helps with understanding the way you identify within your sexuality for sure and I like it's wild the how much more kind of like settled I've felt in my identity since uh, like uh, using masculine pronouns and stuff for myself. Like uh, I hadn't realized just how many like little hangups I'd had about <laughs> my sexuality and how I appear to others until I started like unpacking that with regards to my gender. Um, so it's been really nice recently to kind of rediscover my love for being bi. That's so great. <laughs> That's so great. It's always, it's fantastic. I mean, I think we can, that can bring us to, into, I thought of something um, this morning, I think, which was, what is your favorite thing about being bi? Oh, gosh. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I mean, the flag is great. I like the color schemes. Um, I really love that the bisexual community it's kind of gets a bit of flack but like every bi person I've met has been like wonderful I like I love being around other bisexual people um it's just like that immediate sense of like familiarity it it is so comforting and so nice um and uh it's just really nice to be on the same wavelength as someone with regards to uh attraction so yeah, that would probably be my favorite bit. I definitely get that. I think that having having a community and like the rainbow community as a whole is incredible. But when you're around other people, where you're just like you get it, like you understand those very complex feelings that are actually most of the time very hard to artic articulate. Like you can put it into like you know one sentence of attracted to more than one gender, but like having people who connect with and identify with this label you know you're like you get it you know like it might, might not be exactly the same feelings that we that we have but you get it we all get it and I think that that is so so nice because you, you don't need to have a conversation about it it's just this inherent understanding within each other of like ah you're bi I'm bi nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah the immediate the immediate nice is always it's always so good it's so good I love it <laughs> yeah yeah uh would you say that that's your favorite thing about being bi or do you have something else that you um I mean like more woman <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair like <laughs> women are fantastic there is that but yeah I I mean I think it, it, having having the fluidity and having the the freedom I'm not sure if that's a the right kind of term for it but being able to kind of not feel I don't know I think when I, I see a, within a lot of people especially heterosexual people is this kind of like sense of if you are attracted to someone there are like other tags that you need to make sure that are, that need to be picked up on before you can be like oh yep uh, especially like I don't know I think with a, a lot of straight people now with especially with how it's a lot harder to kind of um not harder I'm gonna shouldn't say harder it's a lot like gender is becoming a lot more complex and people it's mm. you know it used to be very like you look like a man you are a man you look like a woman you are a woman and obviously like that's so outdated and so old school but I think that what it's causing like a lot of people to do is kind of start being like oh but I don't know the gender of this person and I think for me is this kind of like you know that's not something that 
ever crosses my mind, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Like, I it's, think... it's not a cons- thing that you have to worry about when, like, considering your attraction. Like, yeah. you're not burdened yeah, exactly. by that. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, obviously, like, that's it's, it's a stupid thing to be burdened by. But, like, I'm just thinking about, like, um, you know, when... I think it's, I see it a lot in media where it's like, you know, like a, the, um, like the man gets fooled because it's a, they, they look at someone's legs and they're like, well, there's really like nice legs, but it's actually a man's legs. And they're like, oh no, that makes me gay. You know, that kind of like (laughs) stupid, stupid kind of thing, which uh, I think exists in a lot of heterosexual people's minds of being tricked or fooled, you know, and that obviously comes Mm. into a whole different conversation, (laughs) but like, (laughs) I don't know I think that you know especially when you meet androgynous people as well and non-binary people and all that kind of stuff is just I don't know it it's cool to, that it doesn't actually matter and absolutely yeah. like from the perspective like I'm dating someone who is also bisexual um and I had not realized how nice it was to date somebody who was bi until because like previously I've dated um most of the people I've dated have kind of identified as straight uh but i'm the exception which was it was fine but there were some there were some always some weird hang-ups with regards to gender and there was always kind of the thought in the back of my mind of like oh if i did actually make any changes about myself to more reflect my gender identity would they still be okay with that would they still be attracted to me um like as, do they just see me as women light or you know yeah. what, what is the deal there but dating like my partner who was by I don't even have to worry about it like the uh, you know a while ago when I was like hey I want you to start calling me your boyfriend he was like okay cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so nice it was so nice uh, yeah that's something I think is so fantastic is is this I don't know a, a, a space where that is one thing that just doesn't come into question is you know i think there is when you look at obviously there's lots complicated because people go through these these um journeys with their genders and when like if you know i think in uh the tv show tales of the city you know there's there's this couple who um you know a lot of the thing they used to talk about was when we were lesbians but one of them has one of them since has transitioned into being male and this Mm. kind of like the 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 whole journey that they went on of their relationship and that kind of thing. I don't know, being bisexual for me is like, it kind of doesn't, like that's not something that I have to think about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, it is. It is really nice. Uh, Speaking of media, do we want to kind of go through some of our like top bisexual characters in media? Because there aren't that many, but the ones that we have, we cherish them. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, I think here's the thing is, is that when you were um, with bisexual characters of media there's the two different kinds of bisexual characters right of the like the ones who exist in ambiguous non-label land and ones who have mm. said the words I'm bisexual which is like three in all of history yeah. <laughs> it is it is like diamond in the rough it is so hard to get someone to actually use the label bisexual uh, in terms of media which is really a bit sad honestly um like people think that they have to be ambiguous or people won't be interested or you know they don't can't confirm anything yeah like yeah and obviously there's no shame in not picking a label because i think it's Mm. you know non-label people hell yeah you do you um but it's it's just not there at all you know like there is not the diversity of people who don't identify with the label or just uh, you know they're part of the queer community part of the rainbow community 
and then bisexual people it's just like that person's probably bisexual but no one's ever said it out loud ever yeah and it's more in terms of like characters and media like yeah yeah <laughs> real life sure. people go ham labels or tools you use them if you want to yeah but yeah. it would be it would be a little nice to have people who are like yep i'm bisexual and <laughs> that is yeah. that is it um for me like probably one of my favorite portrayals of bisexuality isn't on like a traditional media show it's on a critical role which is a uh, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it's a bunch of uh, voice actors playing Dungeons and Dragons on stream, uh, which is showing just how nerdy I am because that's <laughs> that's my jam. Uh, but there is a character in the first campaign they did, uh, Vexeldan, who is bisexual. He uses the word bisexual to describe himself. He has flirtations with uh, uh, male and female characters, and uh, is just amazing i love him he's fantastic please give me more like him <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you bring up dungeons and dragons um po podcast is a podcast or is it a so it's a it's a, it's a twitch stream yes <laughs> sometimes yes yeah, so it's a yeah they they stream it every thursday uh and you can also watch the the uh the videos of it back on youtube and stuff yeah. um, and they're actually uh they did a kickstarter one of the most successful kickstarters ever um to make an animated series of it so that is coming out i think pretty soon uh of That's their awesome. first campaign so awesome. they'll actually be an animated series with a bisexual character in vax which is which is great i love it that's so exciting yeah i mean i've you reminded me of a bisexual character who I think is pretty... I didn't really think much of what kind of representation it was, but from a... Um, it's not Dungeons & Dragons, but it's still a role-playing podcast, um, The Adventure Zone. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. The third series, I guess, the third kind of story they go through, um, one of the um, playing characters is a bisexual woman called Aubrey. And I don't think she has much, she doesn't really have fem like relationships, like doesn't flirt a lot with the people, but she does end up um, dating a woman. And she also says she's bisexual. And like, I think there's this, there's this like penultimate scene where she does something like incredible and someone goes like, what are you? She just goes, uh, bisexual. And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I had forgotten that happened. I, I've yeah. seen a little bit of the adventure zone, but I had seen that clip around and I was like, yeah. Yes, yes, it's, yes, it's fantastic. Like I just lost my mind. I was like, "Hell yeah, you are!" Um, and that was great. Like I think that you know, it's it's not a huge, it's not like a huge forefront of the story. It's just kind of a fact, and I think it's put in quite taste tastefully. You know, as tastefully mm -hmm. as a straight white man can <laughs> create a. Um, Although, uh, from my from my knowledge, uh, the player uh, of Aubrey Travis, um, I believe uh, several of his family members are bisexual women. So yeah, no, he's uh, definitely which is yeah. He I think he mentioned <laughs> I think I actually listened to the part today where he was talking about his inspiration of the characters, mm -hmm. and it was definitely inspired by Aubrey Plaza and then a bunch of bisexual women he knows. So <laughs> <laughs> which is fantastic. Fantastic, which is yeah. very good um yeah no it is just it's really nice being able to also a lot of times it's kind of becoming less so now but like back in the day there seemed to be this kind of misconception of bisexual people that were just like flirty all the time uh and that we are you know insatiable and uh 
kind of creeps about it. Yeah. But yeah. it's so it's actually really nice to see bisexual characters who say that they're bisexual and then aren't that flirty with people. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's really nice to see like bisexual relationships featured in media, but it's also nice to just have bi characters who just exist and are bi and. <laughs> Yeah, they're fine. They're not just the over there. Weird um threesome thing going on, you know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh yeah, that trend in media was strange and I did not like it. And also the fact that it kind of like influenced people's minds with regards to bisexuality is not great. But yeah. that's one of the things that, you know, we're trying to bring an end to with bisexuality visibility day. So Yeah, yeah. Um another bisexual character in media that I can think of is um Waverly Earp from the Winona Earp series. Um mm. I don't know if she says the word bisexual, but she is a great character. I love her very much. Um, I don't know what else I can say about her, to be honest, but she's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very fair. I haven't watched much of the series, but I have heard of that, and it it's very it's kind of funny. Like as a bisexual, every so often people will just be like, "There's a bisexual character in media, wahoo!" And everyone's like, "Yeah, great, great, good. We've collected another one." Um, even if you've never watched the series, you can probably list out a number of bisexual characters oh, yeah. on your hand, Absolutely. just because like. There aren't that many, and also everyone gets really excited when there is a new one. So yeah, yeah, you, the people do the rounds. You know, you call all your friends up, and you're like, "Guess what? New bisexual character just dropped. Add it to the, add it to the codex." <laughs> bisexual unboxing yep. review. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, any other characters that we really like? I was thinking. I was trying to think of like video game characters that I really like that are bisexual, and I was thinking of Dragon Age, which is a series that I really like. Uh, Dragon Age Two, uh, you play as the protagonist Hawk, who can be either male or female, and there are a number of love interests, and all of them can be uh, can get into a relationship with either male or female Hawk. It doesn't matter, which leads to the kind of the question: uh, Is this entire friend group just filled with bi's? Or, <laughs> like, there's kind of this concept in video games of player sexual, uh, where it's never specified what sexuality any of these characters are, uh, but you can romance all of them as either a male or female, and so you can kind of extrapolate from there that they're all a bit bi, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. I love games like that. It's like, you know, obviously Sims is different, but everybody in Sims is, you know, <laughs> is bi or pan or, you know, because every single Sim can date every single other Sim. Mm. Um, and I think in the other Dragon Age games, it's, it's actually kind of different from Dragon Age 2 because Dragon Age Origins, is, which is my favourite game of all time, is, mm. you know, there's two characters who are explicitly heterosexual and then two characters who, you know, will date your ca will date your player whether or not you decide for them to be male or female. So that makes them explicitly bisexual. You know, there isn't this, like, question of, like, is it the player sexual thing? It's literally they will date men and women. And that's very sexy of Dragon Age, I think, because it's a game from <laughs> 2010. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's one of the original video game RPGs and... It's really cool that they kind of like paved the way for yeah. having queer characters in media. Yeah. Um, and like my favorite game of all time is Dragon Age Inquisition, which is the yeah. third game in the yeah. series, which <laughs> does have a couple of uh, a couple of other uh, bisexual characters, uh, Iron Bull and Josephine. Yes. Uh, 
I don't believe either of them, like, they don't really say the words for any of the sexualities because it's in, like, this fantasy land. Yeah. Um, but they, ha- they have, like, a trans character who doesn't, like, say that they're transgender, but uses all of the kind of the other terminology that one might use um, and is, like, confirmed trans. So it's kind of the same thing with all of the, the bi characters. <laughs> it's just that they don't really say that they're bi, but, like, they'll say, oh, I, I like myth women, men and women, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then obviously there's other, like other games with like Skyrim where you can date literally anyone. There's like <laughs> you, you can date like werewolves and stuff in Skyrim. You, can, like, you <laughs> can be a werewolf in Skyrim. So. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the options Isn't are that the true bisexual experience. <laughs> I mean, werewol- werewolves are kind of inherently bi, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, half man, half wolf. Like that's pretty bi. <laughs> there's something very, there's something very gender and very bi about werewolves. Absolutely. <laughs> With you on it, that one. Oh, one thing I talked about, which I, I think we've, we've spoken v- quite positively about being bi, so I think we can, we're allowed to complain a little bit now. Um, <laughs> yes. Which is one thing for me, and I think you did mention that you could, you could kind of relate to it. And I think you mentioned, you talked about it earlier in terms of relating, like, um, with gender identity and that kind of thing is this like weird space of bisexuality which we kind of moving away from now but I think in the past few years the kind of like super man hatey vibe mm. of like the oh I'm bi but unfortunately I have a boyfriend situation that like started being super super prominent in like a lot of like social media spaces of like oh I'm so sorry that you like men kind of thing which for me, has is like one of the most invalidating things I found in most. For sure, years. like like the need to preface the fact that you're by with like, oh, but men are gross as well as a way. Like I think people were kind of half using it as a joke and half had that kind of internalized, almost a bit of internalized biphobia of like. Uh, there is there was like a stigma against being bi and it was like it, oh yeah it's just being gay but you're in denial about it so i think that there was kind of still a holdover of not really wanting to fully commit to being bi and so having to preface it with like oh yeah i i unfortunately like men which you know as a as a male aligned bisexual in a relationship with a male aligned bisexual is not the most comfortable space to be in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also just like it it's just not nice. Like, you know, mm. like you know, I I'm I like men. I'm proud to say that I like men. <laughs> proud men liker. I'm a proud men liker. And it definitely, like, for me, because I'm definitely <laughs> a lot more, because I'm very, I'm, you know, I'm very female presenting people, you know, like, will just, you know, look at me and be like, that's a woman, which is, you know, wrong. But um, <laughs> it, it means that, you know, like, I used to be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm like, I'm, because I usually, you know, I'll be like, I'm gay, I'm queer, you know, um, and that kind of thing. But I would just not tell people that I had a boyfriend because mm. I was like, I, you know, I, I was like, if I tell them I have a boyfriend, then they won't think that I'm, that I'm part of the queer community. But then it's like, well, no, I'm bi. Like that is literally being bi and having a boyfriend. That's just being bi, you know, yeah. <laughs> being one of those man lovers. <laughs> yeah. It is like, oh. yeah, it's very strange the having to like kind of couch your, your sexuality in these terms of, um, you know, 
trying to justify your attraction for one of the genders. Uh, we return. We had some technical difficulties, um, but we are back for the last couple of minutes. Final hurdle, and Zoom was like, nope, never mind. Yeah. Um, but we were talking, I think, about the need to justify our like for men. Yeah. Uh, which is annoying and bad and sad. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, being bi is so valid. It, no matter which kind of way you lean towards and which and who who you're attracted to and who you're dating, you know, but a werewolf is still a werewolf even when it's when it's a wolf and even when it's a were, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel you on that one. Um, yeah, no. Also, like men aren't bad. Like, I I'm I consider myself man adjacent, and I don't think I'm a bad person. Yeah, yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't think people would be bad for being attracted to me. I mean, you're great if you're attracted to me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, I mean, the thing is, it's like obviously you can say there are issues with the patriarchy and issues with the the um, establishment of masculinity and all that kind of stuff and toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. and you know, so like you know, but those aren't things that are like just attached to men, you know. Yeah, like, that is that is a whole societal thing of me that we're not going to get into on our bisexual <laughs> yeah, <no>. visibility <laughs> podcast <laughs> episode. But like, um, there is there is. See, I find it hard to. This is horrible, but it is hard to say there is nothing wrong with men. But like, men are great. Men are wonderful. You know, like my boyfriend is great, and he's wonderful. And it's not. It shouldn't feel like hard to say that because it you know because it's, it it's shouldn't true. feel like a transgression yeah dating a man yeah know? like i'm not i'm not breaking any laws here <laughs> <laughs> yeah one would freaking hope not uh, <laughs> yeah no it's uh yeah no liking men is valid being bi is valid Absolutely. if you're bi you're great join yep. the club <laughs> and and if if you're a man you're great if you're a bi man fantastic mm-hmm. very good yeah. very good indeed <laughs> do we have any we're getting probably up there in time uh so yeah. do we have do we have any closing thoughts on on being bisexual um musing on the on the nature of being bi i feel like i've rambled way too much and way too unnecessarily about bisexuality already <laughs> well hey that's what the segment is all about <laughs> that is true that is true um I don't know what what do you have to say? I'm going to I'm going to make this a you problem. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um uh we'll end it with this. Uh being bi is hot and sexy and cool and if you're bi, you're all of those things. Um and thank you for listening to us ramble on and on about our thoughts about being bi. And hopefully we can do this next year <laughs> with the Hell next bisexuality Yeah. Uh, but for now, we will bid you adieu. Um, I have been Emlyn. And I am Lucy. And much love to every bisexual out there in the world, whether or not you're out, whether or not you have come to terms or understand your identity yet. Just love to everybody. But especially mm-hmm. the bisexuals on this sacred day. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Signing out. Thank you for listening. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. <laughs>